Hi, you're listening to Penny for Your Love, the podcast about selling sex and buying love. I'm your host in denial, sex worker and storyteller from Amsterdam. I sell fantasies in the bedroom, on the page and on the stage. If you ever wondered what it's like to be a fly on the wall as two sex workers have an intimate conversation, then you're in for a big treat. So listen up. And without further ado, we have this week's guest, Christina. I'm very excited to talk to her and I'm going to give the floor to Christina to tell us about herself. Uh, hello, I am Christina. I have been a cam model, I think, for 11 years now. And I also make like my, my porn, my own porn independently, very amateur. But my main focus has always been camming. I, I, I never know what to say when people ask me <laughs> to tell me about themselves. I'm 30 years old. I, know. Uh, I don't know. So, but it's so your sex work is never like live. It's always been through camera like that. You never yeah. meet clients. Not like in real life. Yeah. Yeah. From what I've heard, a lot of stories that people told me that did do escorting or window work, it didn't seem like they made more money than me and sometimes even less. So then it kind of was like, oh, but why would I then leave my comfort the comfort of my own home to make maybe less money, even though sometimes I'm still kind of like, ah, oh, maybe I should have tried it because uh, now I have a boyfriend who is very comfortable with what I do because he had to be because I always done it. But I also understand that if I would suddenly transit to real life adventures, he would not be as comfortable with that as yeah. well. So I have to be considerate of that. Yeah, you've hit several points that I want to get into the money and the boyfriend. <laughs> so let's yeah, go I talk to- and talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, <laughs> you got to stop me at some. Yeah. Point. No, it's great. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> but I, yeah, so let us go back maybe in time to the, the first time you considered doing this job or the, maybe even the first time you did it and the first time you considered doing it. Was it easier? Was it hard? Was it, what was that like? So I have always been a very sexual person, I guess, and I've never been, even if I was insecure, because I was insecure as any person is, about many different things about myself, I was, I was always like, okay, sex I'm good at. Um, so I was like 19 and I needed a job. So I just decided that this would be a, something that I would good at. I actually Googled, I was like working from home and stuff like that. And then phone sex came up and I always like to tell this story, which my mom doesn't like as much, but I do, uh, which is that well, she used to live in Greece. Uh, she's from here, but she used to live in Greece. And she had a Dutch friend that also lived there who did phone sex. This was back in the 90s. And she would always tell me these stories about how she would like walk into her kitchen and there she was like ironing or doing the dishes and talking to these men on the phone. And she always made it seem very innocent. So I remembered that when I saw the phone sex at first, I was like, oh, I can do that easily. No problem. I even told my mom at the time, Uh, which she thought it was all kind of funny and I also even told like people like the girls from my class that I would hang out with so I tried because I wasn't aware of the stigma then and I tried to phone sex but then I had my first call and there was this old guy and he was just like panting in my ear and I was like oh god I can't do this so I hung up and I reconsidered my options but what about it couldn't you do what, what I don't know I was, I, was, I was just like I don't know I can't do this I don't even have like any reason why but I guess just the fact that you could hear them as well which I should have considered before because that is phone sex <laughs> uh, made it more real I think so then my shyness kind of like 
I, I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, the, the voice is very revealing. It is, yeah. yeah. And so this was like an, an old Dutch website. So uh, the camming, the way it is now, is very different already in general than it was then. The industry really evolved a lot. So back then on that website, I don't know what they do now, you had different options. You could do just phone sex or you could do live camming without sound. So I could see uh, if they turned the cam on, I could see them and they could see me. But I wouldn't hear them. And then you also had the option to do the camming with sound. So then I was like, fuck it. And then I'm just going to not show my face because I was still in college then. I was studying law. And I did it without the sound. And that's kind of like how... Without the, the sound and without the face. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, wow. I, I don't know. I was like, I, I don't want people to know. Because it was funny because when I thought it was about phone sex, I was not really aware of that stigma. But somehow I... I don't know, I, I kind of knew like, okay, but now I'm going to do camming. I, I told everybody, oh, no, I'm not doing the phone sex anymore. I told my mom I'm not doing the phone sex anymore. I told the girls in my class I'm not doing the phone sex thing anymore. But I didn't say that now I'm doing the camming thing. So I, I think somehow you kind of knew that there was a line for a lot of people that was being crossed. Um, what line would that be? Like, I guess people looking down on you more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the phone sex is more, I don't know, it, it's less intimate, I think. Right. Or although I felt it was more intimate because you could hear them. Yeah. I think because you're not showing like the goodies and everything, people were kind of like. It's funny what people find intimate with the sex work because I I do like live uh, in person sex work, and I have yeah. a friend who's a guy. He he used to do cam work as well. Some clients would be into his dick, some clients would be into his ass, and he loved to have clients that liked his ass because then he could literally be reading a book while he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, baby," and he would just shake his. Uh, so you like so, and he would find what I do very shocking, and I found what he did much harder. Yes, I. So it's very, it's yeah, it's up to the person, right? It really, yeah, because sometimes it's like. I think I agree with you as well. Like sometimes just the pussy fucking is way easier. It's harder on your body, but it's easier for the mind because you can just do the thing that you're always doing. But then when people have like a specific fetish, which is, I guess, easier on the body most of the time because it's a lot of mental work. But then it's like really straining on, on your brain because you have to really think. And what are you going to do? And like you already have to think five steps ahead because it's like... I, I don't know. So what is a fetish client for you as a cam, cam model? Like, do you, what, what, is there a most memorable one? That one that you can... Oh, there's a few that I really like. So most of my shows generally are, I would say it's kind of like 50-50 fetish and like what I would call vanilla, which is just like, I guess, the blowjobs with the dildos, of course, and then the pussy fucking kind of thing. What's pussy um, fucking again? Just like fucking your pussy with a with, dildo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> and about 50% is like then fetish, and that's kind of depends. I feel like it has evolved over the years. Also, like the older I get, the younger my clients get. And not just because I'm older, but like when I was started, I was like 19, I would have like mostly people that are 35 plus, but mostly 40 plus. But now I'm 30 and a lot of my clients are like early 20s even, or like 25 to 35. So it really shifted. And then most of the fetish stuff that I do is uh, like ass worship stuff, like the the guy that you just mentioned. That That is kind of easy for me because it's just like a little ass shaking. That's also physically demanding because sometimes they just want you to twerk for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, God damn, God, I'm, I'm, fu I'm fucking tired, <laughs> but you have to keep going. Going. And also, I have a lot of the submissive guys uh, and like cuckolding kind of stuff. Uh, so it's kind of 
know, it's usually like a mixture of like the small penis humiliation, cuckolding. Do you find that easy to do, like the humiliation? It depends how I'm feeling. If I'm mad, sometimes they just get me a little mad and then it's like, fuck you, just fuck you. And now I'm just mad. So You're ready to humiliate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, but it was really hard for me to get into that because uh, personally, I'm very submissive sexually. So the first time someone asked me, I think I was like 22 at a time. Because let me backtrack for a minute. I did the Dutch camming for a few years until I realized I saw the girls on Tumblr and they made a lot of money. So I was like, oh, I can make more money doing this. So I went internationally, as I like to say. So things then also shifted a little bit. On the Dutch side, I used to have more like BDSM clients. And then when I started on the international platform, I think I was like 22. So there were a lot of different and new things thrown my way. And the first time someone asked me to do small penis humiliation, I was like, no, that's mean. I don't want to humiliate you because you have a small penis. Uh, that's mean. And I, I said that for like a year. I was like, no. <laughs> Until at some point, there was one guy who was just so fucking annoying. I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> Fuck you. And then like my dominant streak, I guess, kind of, I, I kind of explored a little bit more. And then especially like I think the last four or five or so years I've realized that I'm I don't I'm, I'm very good at it but also because I do enjoy it which also it makes sense because I am actually in my I'm in my normal life I'm a very dominant person sexually I'm submissive but I'm very dominant so it makes sense that being dominant sexually also would be something that I would be good but, at but it's interesting like this kind of work it sounds from what you're saying and also what I know from my own experience is that it shows us sides of ourselves that we didn't know yeah before. but I think maybe back then I I guess I knew I was a very dom I could be a very domineering person, but I was more embarrassed about it or something because you're a girl and you're not supposed to be very aggressive or something. And now it's like it's not like I'm an aggressive person, but like I am aware now that I can be very dominant. So in my day to day life, I keep that in mind and try not to be when it's appropriate. But when I'm working, I definitely use that a lot more now. And it's also just like a skill that you develop more and more, right? So... Do you, do you earn a good living from doing camera? Is it enough to sustain you or do you, do you yeah, have I've to been, put yeah, in a Yeah, absolutely. I've been doing it for 11 years, so pretty decent, yeah. Not, not as a side job. Now it's your main gig. Yeah, I did it kind of like on the side when I was a student still. Uh, and the Dutch platform, you couldn't really make a lot of money. It was like per, per minute, you would make like 40 cents. You couldn't like decide on your own rates so if you had a full hour with a client you would make 24 euros which is not a lot of money but when i was 19 i was like 24 euros an hour that's a lot of money because before that you make like eight euros maybe if you're lucky so now i can make my own rates and uh, so how much an hour do you charge now so it's like on a per minute base. So it depends what kind of show people get. So on the website match, you have uh, different kind of shows. And I do the private shows, which is group shows and exclusive shows, which is like one on one. So for me, if I do anything fetish related where I have to give you my undivided attention and it also is something that someone that would pop into a group show probably might not like, I do that in exclusive, which I charge, I think, $8.99 per minute. I want to say, oh, okay. um, okay. and then per for a group show, I'm not sure because I, I it changed them a few months ago, and then I just never looked oh, back. That seems like a good rate. Yeah, I think like six ninety nine or seven ninety nine for a private show, but I'm actually not sure. And does the website take a cut of that? Yeah, so I only get thirty five percent unless they sign up with my own 
personal link. So if I would do the social media more, more people would sign up with my link and I would get 40% extra. So there's like, this is why you should do the social media more. For many years, people were kind of shitting on my website but because like, oh, they pay you so little. But the way I see it, 35% of a lot of money is still a lot of money. And if there's a website where you can get 60, 70, 80%, but you don't make a lot of like... 80% of not, not a lot of money is still not a lot of money. And also, they have an existing client base. Yeah, they're one to, of right? the oldest platforms, so they're very uh, well-known, I would say. Yeah, I think it's the one that my friend was on. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to mention them, obviously. <laughs> SexWorks wants to strengthen the position of sex workers. It is an advocacy group that is founded by sex workers in collaboration with the municipality of Tilburg. They are an enthusiastic group of sex workers and ex-sex workers from Zeeland, Brabant and Limburg who want to help empower sex workers. The advocacy group is for and by sex workers. Every month they come together to share their experiences. They also give workshops, trainings and presentations. Do you work as an escort or have clients over? Do you face prejudice because of your work? Do you think the profession deserves more respect and would like to help empower sex workers and help policymakers create better laws? Then go to sexworks.nl now to get in touch. So you mentioned a partner, like a, a boyfriend. You have a boyfriend. Yeah. You said he's cool with it, but do you personally find it challenging to switch the part of you that belongs to your clients or that you give to your clients versus the part that, that you give to your partner in your relationship? Or is it compartmentalize how does that work in your mind and heart i think both and sometimes i don't really notice so for example i have more dutch clients now too actually i don't know where they came from but there are a lot more now but most of the time most of my work is in english so i think that's like a very big part of the compartmentalizing um, because then if I'm having sex with my boyfriend and we do dirty talk it's mostly in Dutch although sometimes because I'm so used to the English and also before I met him when I was still like a tinder hoe somehow I would always find like expats or something so I'm more used to a little bit less now to doing like dirty talk and stuff like that in English so if I'm inclined to speak to him in English he's like I don't want to have sex with Christina right now. Like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, baby. This is just how I talk. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't want to have sex with the characters that you play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he he sometimes has expressed that he felt that I was more in the character if I would be speaking English. So, But then sometimes that makes it a little bit more difficult for me because I'm like, but that's what comes naturally to me. So, um, and I think that's maybe even just the hardest part of it. Um, he knew what I did before I started. And I think what maybe softened the blow for him a little bit is that I just, I said I did sex work. So and I think a lot of people interpreted that as prostitution. Yeah. So when I told him it was camming, it was kind of like, oh, camming. Uh, so it's like not like the physical interaction or physical contact. Yeah, that's from his point of view. I'm just more yeah. curious about your point of view. Oh. Are you in the mood even? Because I know for me personally, if I, have sex or have that sexual oh no contact. yeah no i do yeah absolutely uh and that sometimes i he said like it, it depends on his mood as well whether he likes that or not um but most of the time i i feel like i'm very a very lucky person women can generally have multiple orgasms i can have thousands i always joke that i want to break the world record of orgasms which is just for our friends am i remembering correctly i think it was like 135 
in one hour for a woman and for men oh, it's wow. only like 16 because men are weak you know no, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> well i guess we are the weaker sex in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah um so I've your gotten bodies the, are yeah. built for exactly i think so <laughs> and I'm, I'm very lucky because i think a lot of people fake orgasms which i don't think is a bad thing i think if you can deliver what people are looking for whether it's yeah. fake or not you're doing a great job yeah, i've actually faked my first orgasm like two weeks ago but how do you do I that knew, as a guy well i uh, because if you come inside someone they can't really obviously like don't tell. you feel it a little bit though no no he didn't because i rarely have like clients that want fucking like two times in a row but that day and i wanted to make a lot of money and they were they, they were just like uh, generous clients <laughs> and they booked on the same day so i'm like okay i can't do it twice there is no way back to your point about yeah. men being awake <laughs> <laughs> orgasm wise yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm also in my 40s now so i'm not 18 anymore but i thought okay so the first one it would have to be fake and I was very worried about what you just said, that is he going to be able to tell or is he going to go later to the bathroom and feel like was there? Because you can feel it draping out. Yeah, yeah, but he was like, uh, but because we've had sex before. So, and I faked it to the, pulled my best transtone basic instinct to a moment and he bought it. And he's like, oh, thank you, baby. And he's the kind of client that doesn't like to come. He just wants to know that a guy came inside him mm -hmm. and he's Yeah, that makes that. sense. Yeah, so he was very relieved and... Yeah, did you work. decide beforehand you oh, were yeah. like i'm gonna have to try to fake this yeah yeah no i need because i knew there was a guy coming like an hour later so oh, I, yeah. and I needed to come w with him because also i took viagra and i was like i can't i need to come at some point <laughs> because it's did you so do awesome. like research beforehand like how to fake an orgasm as a guy or did you just like no just the sound uh, yeah, yeah i just went with it yeah <laughs> She's an actress. <laughs> <laughs> I have never... Okay, so but it's I've, easy for you to fake it, right? Well, but I've never had to. So I did oh, wow. have at some point a few years ago. I don't know why, but I had some difficulty. I think I did know why because I quit smoking weed. I guess it's come mom. easier. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sometimes then it would be a little bit more difficult for me to come. But then I was like... I can't fake it because it's like my regulars and they know how I am. They've seen me come like hundreds of times. So if I felt like this really big pressure and also most of the time, I don't know, sometimes I just, I, I, I don't think I, I want to fake it. I, like, I don't care too much to fake it. If I'm really, really close, I'm always just like telling them like, no, let, let me just get it. Like, please, please, please. Like, this is not even for you anymore. This is for me right now. And I think they kind of like that as well. And I think most of my guys, I think that's why I still have people that have been with me for eight years now because they, they can kind of feel the sincerity. And like I said, I don't want to say that if you're faking things that you're not, because if people believe you, then you're doing a great job. I just don't think I could do it convincingly because she's not an actress <laughs> i'm not I'm not that often I'm not, not not such a good one at least i think my point was so the, the, the way my body works is I, I could come like maybe one three times and then i could be good for the rest of the day but as soon as i come like four five six times then i just get more horny and i always call it like obsessive compulsive coming because i do have ocd also and OCC. it's kind of yeah literally like but then it's like i need more and even like if my pussy is sore as hell and i'm just like i don't even i don't even want it anymore but i have like this urge it's like no you need more orgasms so the point is the more i come the more frisk i am so if i've had a very busy day and i had a lot of orgasms 
threesomes and I made a lot of money, I just get more riled up. Um, and I'm as soon as my boyfriend comes home, like, baby, let's go. I want another round. You're definitely suited for the job that you do. I would, I would say so. Yeah, yeah I'm very wow. lucky. Absolutely. That's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Who's your best client throughout the years that you've had? And you're like, damn, like maybe I would do it with him for free. <laughs> have you ever had those kind of Oh, like that? I don't know if I would have. I would definitely have my clients that I would definitely want to hang out with. I have one guy who um, some of the guys just become homies. Right. So I've known him for a few years. I actually sent him like a, a, a Dutch package a few months ago with like my favorite Dutch snacks, like soap waffles and all kinds of stuff. In what country is he? America. Oh, wow. Okay. He's from Alaska. So that was a very long, but he's also just like a homie. I don't know. We, like we talk about yeah. personal stuff I sometimes imagine, as well. Yeah. And not just because he has actually does has spent thousands on me, but also, I know, sometimes you just have chemistry with someone. So it's really nice to just chat and hang out with someone. And I have that with multiple people too, but I would say he's one of my favorites. And some of my other favorites, it's not even because they spend a lot of money, but it's mostly because they don't, I think that also helps because sometimes you have people that want to hang out with you, but they don't even spend a dime, not even like a dollar. And it's like, you've been hanging out here for like three hours right now. You can't even throw me a dollar. But then it feels like you're not appreciating my time. So when people, even if they tip like a few dollars here and there, because sometimes you just don't have it like that. And I understand. But the fact that some people don't ever come hang out even if they're not taking a show without spending anything i think that shows how much they then appreciate me and my time as well yeah. when you so, say hang out do you mean in, it's that's like in the, the camera yeah like in the free chat so there is a free chat yeah where they're seeing you obviously you're, you don't go fully nude in that one right no you're, you're not allowed yeah no okay and then the goal of that uh, group free chat is for you to entice private exclusive clients yeah, right absolutely okay. yeah i sometimes compare it to like window work because it's like right, yeah. people can see you and you kind of have, have to entice them to come yeah. inside which i sometimes also feel like i could be maybe a little bit of a better hustler but i'm very I don't want to feel like I'm selling like fish on the market or something. Some girls are really good at that and I really envy them for that. But for me, when I'm feeling like I'm, if I'm pushing too hard, it, I'm like, if you want to spend money on me, you can. If you don't, you don't. Like, just call it a day. Like, it's fine. I mean, it sounds like a very good approach. And if you've been doing it and it's working for 11 years, yeah. It has been so far. Yeah, yeah. so far so good. How, how long do you see yourself doing this? Is there a time frame in your mind or? No, I've never had one, actually. Sometimes I will hear girls and they say like, oh, yeah, I have a plan. And after X many years, I, I, I don't want to do this after I'm 35 or something like that. And I'm like, I never even thought about it like that. I also feel like the times that I did plan things like that in my life, it never really turned out the way that you plan anyway and the way that my life has gone so far I've always kind of like rolled into everything so the same with this really like I just kind of was like oh fuck it let me just try it and then after I was uh, I got my bachelor degree I kind of assumed that I was gonna quit then I was like, I'm gonna get my fancy law job right now but I didn't want to I was like let me just see how this goes and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go do this full time and and see how much money I can make, which was pretty pretty damn good. And then I know I did some like I was a paralegal on the side for a while, which was more like my side hustle more than my main job. 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know. As, as long as it's fun, I think. Because the days for me that are the most straining, because you're there entertaining, as long as you're online. So if, it's, if you're there, but nobody is spending money or taking you for shows, that to me is more draining on my mind and body than if I just have back-to-back shows for two hours. Absolutely, yeah. Because, yeah, I, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. How much of your day is spent in the enticing bit, whether you're in the group chat or, or waiting for clients versus the actual work of earning of earning money? Like, is it divided for you? Because a lot of times I'm on the, there's a site called Bull Chat. I'm on it. Like, basically, it's the virtual window. So yeah. you're waiting. Sometimes you'd spend like nine hours there and you don't get a single client. Sometimes, some days are like that, yeah. And it's like, I never really don't, I don't really know when to quit then because it usually just said like x amount of hours that i want to be online for that day or sometimes i will go for more if i have like i want to get a big target but they used to give us like a percentage where you could really see how how much how much percent of your time you were in a show but they don't give that anymore unfortunately Um, but it really depends on the day because some days it's really like you're there for eight hours and you made like $12. Well, that doesn't really happen that often, but you could. Yeah. Or like, and maybe all of the money you made wasn't even in shows, but just from people tipping you. And those are the worst days, but I still always try to pull through and stick to my hours because oftentimes if you push through really like, oh my God, I can't take it anymore. I should probably quit. Cause that's the dramatic side of me. But oh, so, then, so you have those days. Yeah, of course. Like yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Take us through one of those days, like because I have plenty of those, but I want to hear no, but yours. The, the way that uh, why I always still try to push through because a lot of my best days ever always started as the worst days ever. So I'm always still like I have to I have to push through because at some point there's gonna be a breakthrough moment, and then money is gonna fall from the sky. But then that's also difficult because then it's like okay, but the money is flowing now. And so should I, when do I leave now? Because I made double my target that I wanted to make for today. I've already been here for 10 hours, but the money keeps going. So you're very inclined to keep going as well, right? So you're like, now I can't stop because the money is good now. Maybe it won't be there tomorrow. And then maybe tomorrow is gonna be one of those really bad days. And you're like, I should have never gone offline yesterday. So, but I think that's also very personal for people. I tend to, I am a Libra. So decisions is sometimes very difficult for me to like, just like make, make one basically. So then I second uh, second guess my decisions sometimes as well, especially if like, I don't know, maybe it's like, oh, you could have made a better one. Yeah, it's uh, I love what you said about like the worst day could turn into the to the best day. All yeah. my best days ever where I made like a thousand a day or something like that. It was like it started with just six hours of nothing, not even a dollar. So. Yeah, great. Yeah. It's just I, I love that. But I just sometimes think when you're fr- so frustrated that you know, spills out of you and that's not very sexy or attractive no, to clients. No, they you're can angry smell or, it, yeah. Yeah. But then... Desperate, maybe. Exactly. So sometimes I do then take a little breaky, but then I have, do have some, like I said, some of the guys that just come and hang out with me, uh, even if they just tip a few dollars, sometimes it's just like, oh, finally, someone that's talking. Because sometimes, most of the time, you have just people in and out talking here and there. But for some reason, some days, I don't know, maybe because it's like football is on or something, nobody's even talking to you. And sometimes the website is glitching too, because it's software. So sometimes shit is just not working. So you're just sitting there for an hour and it's like, what the fuck happened? Like, I made 500 in a few hours yesterday. Like, why is nobody even talking? Am I suddenly ugly now? Like, what happened? And 
even if someone just is like having a small conversation, it's like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, just for this like relief yeah, yeah. of just the tension. Yeah. And then I, I don't know. I feel like oftentimes uh, if I just try to keep my cool, I would just listen to some tunes and then just have some random conversation with people. It kind of like gets that frustration out of the way. But if I'm really at that frustration level where it's like they can really smell it, then I do tend to just take Log a little break. Yeah. Like at least take a little bit of a break and then come back. Yeah, that seems good. Ugly Mugs is an online platform for sex workers where you can report dangerous clients and receive alerts. You can also check out new clients. And if necessary, they support you in reporting a crime or finding help. Anyone doing sex work in the Netherlands can join the platform anonymously regardless of sexuality, gender, form of work, origin, or residence status. Ugly Mugs is there for all sex workers. The website is available in Dutch, English, and Spanish. For more information, visit uglymugs.nl and if you have any questions, please email them at info at uglymugs.nl. I used to feel like it was easier for me, at least I thought so, when I still smoked weed, because I always thought that it would ma it made me more patient, but I actually realized quitting now that it actually did not it's i wanted to I, i was about to ask you about the weed because i quit smoking weed about like a little over a year ago and i used to be like wake and bake pothead yeah all the time every day so yeah oh wow so there's the parallel here when did you quit and why well i because i've been smoking weed since i was like 16 15 and I always knew when not to. So for example, if you had a test in school, it's like, okay, well not smoke before that. Or like when I was in college, I would, sometimes I would, but most of the time I wouldn't do it during the day, but just like I have my set moments. Or if you have like an important meeting, like I will not do it, but like later that day. So sometimes I wouldn't smoke for a whole day, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like quitting or something like that. It was just like, I just have other things to do, so it's fine. Um, and then a few years ago, I tried to quit, or I did quit actually, it wasn't just not vibing with me anymore. So I quit for, uh, I think four or so months and it was fine. I really, there wasn't any problems, but then I had a very stressful moment and it just kind of seeped back in. And then I became a little bit of a gym rat. I started powerlifting and um, I was really, really into that. So I was doing that like very aggressively, three days a week. So I had to cut back on the weed because it was, It was yeah, interrupting with my lifting. Yeah. yeah, like I couldn't, I can't like throw 90 kilos on my back if I just smoked yesterday. So I smoked a lot less and like only during the weekends, <clears throat> if even, um, but then Corona hit. So I was like, this, you know, I remember the first few weeks where we all thought we were gonna die. Yeah. I was like, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die high. I'm not gonna <laughs> do it sober. I'm not gonna die sober. I'm just not gonna do it. <laughs> I so can't. I, I can't. Died. No, I am physically unable to die sober. I won't. I will. I refuse. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of just basically picked back up on the habit, and because. All I was doing was either just working online so I could smoke if I'm working online. I didn't have any other obligations, obviously, for a few months. And I didn't really see any other people besides my boyfriend. So I just went back to that, what I did as a teenager, like just smoking weed every day, just from the moment I woke up to the moment I went mm -hmm. to bed. But then I could feel like that dependency that I hadn't felt since I was also a teenager. And I didn't like that. I really hated that, actually. It makes you, like you said impatient and anxious and yeah. the opposite of what you intend to exactly. take. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's like, 
I, it was just unnecessary, really. Um, so last year I did like some months on, some months off. It's like, oh, I quit for a month and then I would start again. And earlier this year, like February, I was like, okay, I'm just had it now. Like I just, I just, I haven't not smoked weed for more than four months since I was 15. Like who even are you as a person? Uh, let me find out. Let me see how different things can actually be. Maybe I can actually, uh, achieve more of my goals if I quit because I also have like the ADHD. So I'm very distracted all the time. And I don't know, and you're busy working on something, but then something else happens and you're like, Oh, whatever. Let me just smoke a J and everything will be fine. Um, so I was just kind of fed up with that really. And I was, at first I was really worried that maybe Maybe I wasn't as chill or fun if I wasn't smoking weed, like, because that was what I would do. Like, I would just smoke weed and chill with the homies and fuck. And that, that was one of my favorite things to do, chill with the homies, smoke weed and fuck. But then I wasn't doing that anymore. So I was a little worried about that. But it turns out that I actually made all of my goals more quick, uh, quicker than before uh, because I was more focused, even just a little bit. And um, since I quit smoking weed, like my income has increased every month with like a thousand or so. So it's yeah. actually been really, really good. When was that? When is it that you quit? Like February. Okay. Yeah. Enough to see a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. Do you think drugs and sex work go hand in hand? Because they seem to for a lot of I people. I think sometimes, yeah. Because like I said, right, like if uh, you had already had a really long day, but then the money only starts flowing in your eighth hour, like you should be done at that point. Because I, I think theoretically nobody should be working probably more than eight hours on a on a regular basis. Like sometimes it just happens. You have to do overtime, what happens. But you shouldn't probably do that structurally. I don't, just don't think that's good for your mind and your body. But then if it happens to only start flowing when you're already been working for 10 hours and you want to keep going, I think there's a lot of people that use different substances to keep going for a very long time and I don't blame them. Um, also saying I never did that. But I also think that it's very easy to do fall in those kind of things. Yeah. I think we don't talk about it as often as we should, also because of the stigma, because it's like, oh, you're a sex worker, of course you do drugs. But it's like, it's not that, of course. Like, look into any random lawyer's drawer and you will find some cocaine too. There's a lot of jobs that people use a lot of substances. Look at I agree with you that anything. we should definitely go away from the stigma, but it's also good to acknowledge reality and facts. Like, this is... A, yeah. The way I see it, at least, like, this is a job that takes so much from you emotionally it does yeah so i feel after i quit weed i have better boundaries yeah exactly me too when i don't like a client and i yeah. find it easy to say no whereas with weed i was like oh, okay fine yeah. i can tell even like uh through the screen i noticed it a few weeks ago actually i was more aware of like my own body language there because i was like leaning into the screen because i was with one of my homies and he was tipping we were having a good time and then someone came in it was a dutch person actually and the dutch guys are generally more rude and demanding which is why i don't usually like them i've had more now i've had more dutch people they've been more there's also nice ones that also pay good. But generally speaking, the Dutch people are very kijken, kijken, niet kopen. Very Dutch. <laughs> and also very demanding. And they love a good deal, Dutch clients. No, but they always want to feel like they scored the deal. Yes, but also they're very just rude. And I think it's because they feel like they have, they're closer to you because you're also Dutch. So they're really inclined to step oh. over boundaries. So they, it also always starts with, why don't you speak Dutch? I'm like... I don't want to. I will speak Dutch to you in exclusive if you really want me to, but I'm not I'm not going to do That's it a good here. One. <laughs> yeah, because 
nobody else speaks Dutch. It's all people from all over the world. Why would I want to alienate people that actually pay me for you and you don't pay me? And then oftentimes they'll already get mad over that. And then I think that's often already like a good judgment call to see if they're going to be good clients because a lot of them do understand, not a lot, but also a lot. Yeah, like some oh, do. And if they then also like, oh, I understand, and they will switch to English and free chat, it's like, okay, so you do understand boundaries. But then if they don't, they will already start making a fuss and they're th- those are never a good time. But I could tell the guy was keeping like very just... I don't know, rude and demanding and all kinds of things. And I could notice that my I was like leaning backwards. I'm also now leaning backwards from the mic, which might mm-hmm. not be good, but I could I could feel and I could notice it, which is something I don't think. You trust your gut, right? Yeah, yeah, and I don't think I would have noticed it that obviously if I was still high, even though I may have done it the same way, I don't think I would have been as aware of it. So that was very interesting to know. I was like, oh, that's because now it's also I have another thing to be aware of for myself. How am I moving if I'm talking to clients? If I'm moving away, maybe I should just not be interacting with that client that much. Yeah. Like, for example, I always notice now that I'm sober, like I can tell troublesome client like coming from a mile away, like like there are those guys who because I offer also massage and sometimes like just a professional massage or combination erotic massage. And there are guys who say, I'm against paying for sex, but I'll come for a deep tissue massage. I'm like, all right, cool. And those, and they always end up going for the erotic one because obviously they found me on both yeah. So they could go for a Thai person if they really wanted just the deep tissue. But then you can, because their instinct is they, they have some, something against mm-hmm. paying for sex. It's always going to be in the back of their mind. Yeah. And they're always going to complain about yeah. how they had paid. And there's drama down the road. So exactly. If a guy like that comes now, I'd be like, okay, no, we're only doing deep tissue. I yeah. refuse to accept the offer of, of sex. But when, yeah, when I was high, I'd be like, yeah, sure. And then end up arguing, getting this passive aggressive thing. Yeah, but I feel like you could still notice. Like I've always said, like, because um, some people don't really understand if I tell them like over text. Generally, I'm very, I've become very good at reading people over text. So for example, I've very rarely ever had like a bad Tinder hookup because I can get a lot out of what people type to me because I've been doing this for 11 years now. Like I need to read people. And most of the time, only the only thing you see is their words and how they're typing so i've always been very aware of the way that they're they're talking and whether i'm gonna like them or not but now the the noticing my own body language in it as well that was a new one for me it's like oh that's also very interesting and before like you said sometimes if i could kind of feel like i don't think i'm gonna like this guy but he's throwing some money around let me just do it because i want some money and it usually is not a good time when you do that so i've been doing that less since i quit smoking weed as well Great. So like a lot of more clarity, I think. Yeah. We and need it, for this kind of work. You do. Yeah. But it's also some because exactly what you say, like you do give so much of yourself. Sometimes it could just be very nice to kind of like shield yourself with weed, for example, to, I don't know, numb yourself of that a little bit, which also makes sense. And I think that's not just for sex work. I think that's with a lot of performers as well. Not to throw shade at like, I don't know, Beyonce, but I'm not going to assume she's sober all the time when she's performing. And I would never assume that because... Beyonce's a robot. She's a different kind of... No, but like most performers, right? Like I'm always shocked when people are shocked when like high-end performers 
are and end up being on drugs like what else did you expect like yeah. they're performing 90 nights in a row yeah. and they have to give an insane show every fucking night what did you expect yeah. of course they're on cocaine yeah, that's yeah. the least of their concern <laughs> yeah. right now yeah because indeed any performer is giving of themselves uh, yeah. something that's not tangible but you're giving yeah, yeah. especially if you really want to give a good show you're basically just giving everything so sometimes you know even sometimes i will get like more frisky or something but it's, it's at the same time it's also a lot very draining and i've so noticed have those, that so have you recently had a draining day as you as you're calling them? like they were like oh damn i gave way too much or i yeah but they're a little bit more distant in my brain because i've just been moving and i work from home so i haven't actually been online for a month so i'm getting very antsy but my new workspace is almost done so i'm very excited to start but i feel like i did ha- yeah yeah because it's summer and summer is usually the quietest time for cam at least it is for me so it's like the combination of oh maybe the website's glitches and i was kind of like sidetracked by the prospect of maybe moving and then the people is just way less traffic but then the girls are still the same amount of girls online so you have like more competition with other people even though there's way less clients so on some days and then me and my boyfriend also had to both learn actually that if i'm just not talking that much after i've done working which really only happens if it's been like a quiet day don't just don't talk to me too much let me give give me a minute because i'm just very on edge or just very just empty or drained really and sometimes he will ask me like he's like what 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 are you feeling i'm like nothing absolutely nothing just give me a little bit just give me a bit and i don't think that's unusual for any kind of performer and sometimes it's hard to have even that conversation i remember this was when we were just dating i had a day like that and this was i think like two or three months in and he was very concerned he was like oh but maybe you need to look for a different job if you feel this way and i'm like no like i just had a bad day i am allowed to talk about my bad days and then we spoke about that and he actually also did understand what i was trying to say but i think that's with sex work a lot of the times if you mention having a bad day people are like oh but that's really bad you should change job no because i like my job but sometimes you have a bad day and i just want to bitch about it i just want to bitch about it that's a very nice perspective and i love also how you framed it as we're performers yeah we are which which makes complete sense well with your case you're literally a performer because you're putting on a show for people right yeah yeah that's that's nice but it actually all sex workers are performers of course yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and it's like even just i can feel it even like in my my cheeks because you're like perpetually kind of like smiling even if you're not really I've, I've realized that even now if i'm just walking the streets because when i was a teen people always why do you always have a bitch face it's like ah, this is just my face but i think mostly or at least partly because of sex work now i just have like a permanent like just a little bit of a smile just at the tiniest bit so that i don't look angry when someone pops in and some like my cheeks just get tired when i like, close <laughs> the lights i turn the, the cam off and the light and lights and i can feel yours on my face just i completely. just want to frown like, oh. <laughs> yes i can i can just feel it just like it's like oh man Oh man, (laughs) to give myself a little bit of a face massage or something. Are you practicing digital self-defense as a sex worker? Many sex workers choose to be open about their sex work, but not everyone needs to know everything about you. Nowadays, you may leave many digital traces behind, especially when you're working as a freelancer and advertising online. Now you can make it harder for malicious persons to track you and can avoid stalking, outing, and doxing by being 
digitally resilient. Go to swdigital.nl to find out what their digital advisors can do for you. That's swdigital with a double A, dot NL. She did ask me what are some of my favorite fetish shows because I do have a, a few that are my favorite. And in general, it's already my favorite when someone tells me that this is something that they've never been able to share with almost anyone or oftentimes not even anyone. And maybe they've been married for like 20 years, but they're just so afraid to share the, this part of themselves with their partner. The kinky side, you mean? Yeah, or because they, and I always ask them because I'm very curious, just like you, I want to know why do you do the things, like why do you have this fetish, where does it come from? from so when they decide to share this part of themselves maybe for the first time with with me I think that's a very special moment and uh, I feel honored really that people are willing to open up to me like that sometimes it's just the funny ones that that stick with me so I have just a few in general just like the fetish shows oftentimes if people are nice and, and polite because some of the fetish guys are just fucking annoying if we're being really <laughs> honest they're like oh i would just do anything and it's like okay how about this because because you were asking like oh so what are you into i'm into anything just anything princess just anything I'm like okay so do this i'm like no anything but that it's like okay <laughs> do this no anything but that i will do anything for you except for that it's like okay do this and I'm like no no i will not do that but i'll do anything just don't do that i'm like i hate you fuck? stop this because they expect you to be a mind reader so that's not fun but also I think those people are generally more in tune with why they have the certain fetish I think some guys they're just I don't want to say broken but they've just watched so much porn they can't just get off without just some freaky shit which is fair enough but for some people they have their very specific footage which stems from something when I just started I read this article and I've never been able to find it again which says that most of people's fetishes stems from something that happened to them whether good or bad before the age of seven and I find that really fascinating someone is gonna wonder why they have a fetish for this specific thing and I know because I just saw this interaction <laughs> it must come from something in your, it always your comes from yeah. something yeah, yeah. and it, it has, doesn't have to be a bad thing it can be a good experience as well but even if it is bad because there's this also this theory that a fetish is like reframing something traumatic or painful into also, something pleasurable. Yeah. So even if it were that, why not? That's yeah, exactly. I think that's a very good thing and probably very healthy as yeah. well. Especially if, you, like you said, if you're in tune with that's mm -hmm. what's happening, then yeah. you are really in control. For it to be a good experience, you have to be at least a little bit in tune with why. Especially if you're into like some really rough shit, I think it's probably important to even know are why. Are you into some rough shit? <laughs> See, now, because I've been doing this for so long, I don't even know what's normal anymore, to be honest. Like, I don't even know. So, but for me, it's like, okay, I, I like hands around my throat and I like when you spit in my mouth and slap me in my face. But to me, that's almost vanilla now, you know? So, uh -huh. is that rough? I, I don't think it is that but rough. When you say that, you, you're into that, into your partner doing that because yeah. you don't meet clients in no, real yeah, life. No, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I always say like everything is normal or nothing is normal. Or when someone comes in and they're like, I have a very weird request. I'm like, hell yeah, bring it. Now I'm, now I'm intrigued. And then they're like, oh yeah, I have a fetish for, I don't know, burping. It's like, oh, that's it. Come on now. That's not that weird. I was hoping for something crazy, something I haven't heard before. So, so you're looking to broaden your horizon. Yeah, that but that gross. makes it fun. So I, uh, some of my favorite things have just been very kind of sweet, really. So one guy who's very uh, tough guy grew up in like America um, very rough childhood uh, 
gangs and everything. And he, at some point, I mentioned Grease, the movie, and he was like, "That's my favorite movie. Oh my god, is he, if he's ever gonna hear this, he's gonna kill me for saying this out loud because I was promised to keep it a secret." I'm so well, you're sorry. you're Christina now, so I'm, yeah, but that's the name he knows me. But I'm so oh. sorry if you hear this. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but I, I didn't mention your name. I'm sorry. So I mentioned the movie, and he's like, "Grease is my favorite movie ever. Let's go." So he took me exclusive, and he just kept tipping me while I was dancing to like the Grease soundtracks, and. That's one of my favorite memories. See, so I had to share it. Don't be mad. I had to share it because it was one of my favorite well, memories. You're assuming uh, that he's going to be mad. This is the, the cutest story I've heard. So that's, I agree, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. he's a very tough guy. So this is oh, like you mean his, his image. fetish is yeah. that he's a teddy no, bear or secret. No, not or... at all. No, not at all. He's just a very tough guy himself. So nobody's allowed to know that he likes Greece. I'm sorry. Well, nobody knows. Nobody knows who you are. Except you. But so it's chill. it was so much fun. But also like the again like the the difference of like someone is very like tough guy which he right. is but then he loves Greece I love Greece too yeah. it was one of my favorite movies well uh, the prison of masculinity is a very real thing <laughs> it is uh, it is uh, and then I, one time I had this guy and this was uh, I still I'm not really sure what fetish this is really we were talking for a while and he tipped me uh, and then somebody was like okay are you ready for an exclusive and I'm like hell yeah let's go and then he asked me if I had like like a stuffed toy like a teddy bear or something so I had some like owl toys that my mom knitted for me and I was like okay but I don't want to do like something crazy with it because my mom made it like I want to keep it whole and he's like no it's fine just hold it really really tight I'm like okay so I'm holding this thing really really tight and then he starts doing this like role play thing so I was kind of like I'm not sure what's happening. And then after like a few minutes, I was like, okay, I think that he is the owl that I'm holding. <laughs> but I had to like piece it together a little bit. I was like, okay, so we're pretending now that you're the owl. And then he was... He's talking as the owl or what's no, he No, not, not as the owl, but like uh, the thing was that he, I had him, uh, he was my prisoner. And uh -huh. I had like him and like a chokehold. That was the thing. But we had to use the owl stuff toy because... Of course, I don't have a person. So just because this is, for me, one of the funniest parts. Before that, he mentioned he was from California. And I don't know, sometimes if it's like quiet, I just do random shit. I'm like, oh, where are you from? Let me look it up on a map. Let me see what's cool near there. And I saw that there was a town called Susanville. So I was like, Susanville, that's such a Susan thing to do, to name a village after yourself. <laughs> so I mentioned that. So Karen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Karenville, Susanville, such a Susan thing to do. So we're doing this role play. And I'm like, okay, I'm understanding now because we were he was like a spy but i was also a spy and i was like no you're not gonna get uh, get away from this blah 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 and i really got so into character that i got like got up and basically like body slammed myself into the floor <laughs> holding this owl toy and <laughs> I, when you said i was getting into character i thought you were you were, you were breaking character because it's no so no i love i love a good role play because i really love getting really like See, you are character. an actress maybe maybe <laughs> so we were this was happened going on for like I think like 15 or 20 minutes or so and then at some point it was like I will never tell you who sent me and I was like I know who sent you tell Susan that you are never we're coming back to Susan Phil ever again or something like that and I okay Meryl Streep <laughs> uh, 
it was really hard to not lose my entire shit doing that because I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and he also thought it was afterwards. He was like, that was such a great spin. Like, so how did that end? <laughs> did that end with him coming or what? I think he didn't say it because sometimes the guy, sometimes it, it's easier when a guy says like, okay, I came, thank you. But when this specific scenario, he didn't really say, he was like, okay. Oh, you don't see your clients. No, only if they turn their cam on. In this case, I didn't see him. So oh, wow. at some point he just said like, thank you. That was amazing. That was an amazing role play. Thank you so much. Then I assume he came and then he left. But he didn't specifically say. So again, I'm not really sure like what was the fetish there. I guess some kind of like chokehold something like he likes to be captive (laughs) well not specifically the owl could have been anything really yeah Yeah, that was the only thing i had i think that was amazing personally it's definitely a fun day at the office yes that was one of my favorite things and usually i record my cam shows and i was like god damn it i forgot to record that one just for like my own memory that would have been so good oh you record your sessions yeah oftentimes i do Yeah. yeah and i never even really do anything with it i always had the intention of like i will cut it up and sell it but i, I never do i'm not Maybe that that's organized for, are you on only fans i am yeah okay yeah that could be a good thing yeah it could be but i'm not that OnlyFans. organized <laughs> Well, if you're filming them, just throw them on there. Yeah, I know. But then I'm like, oh, I need to edit it and I need to yeah. do things. And I still have like a, a pipe dream of becoming more of an organized person and also doing the OnlyFans thing a lot better. Because right now, OnlyFans is just really like a side money for me and somewhere where my regular clients find me if they want to tip me bigger. Because I never really noticed the, the fact I only get 35% if they take me for a show. But then if they tip you $100 on the website, it's like, oh, that's only $35 for me. But then if they tip me $100 on OnlyFans, that's $80. So then I notice the difference. And it's like, oh. it's like damn. So that might be yeah. worth the investment. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of my regulars, they do know that. So if they are planning on tipping me big, they will generally do it on OnlyFans. But do you even have to edit this stuff? Why don't you just try throwing in yeah, a session I, I as it is? Yeah, I probably should like, do that. Yeah, I probably should do that. Yeah. what... Yeah, I probably should. And then I do have a lot of favorite fetish things. My favorites is generally when people just also just do what you tell them to do. I actually one time and I only realized afterwards that sometimes they have like names because they have like the screen name and they look similar. So this was actually a guy that usually was very dominant towards me. But he did like like some freaky BDSM kind of stuff. But I thought it was a guy that liked like all of this humiliation stuff. So he popped into my room and I guess I was like feeling it. And I was like saying all of these things and he kind of went with it and I ended up like having him lick the toilet bowl and like drinking his own pee and everything and then afterwards I write the notes because I always make notes I was like oh my god that wasn't the guy I thought it was I just made (laughs) but he did it anyway so I guess that was fun um, for whom? For yeah, him. for me at for least. I, or he did it, so I guess that's fun. And well, he clearly wanted to drink the pee, otherwise. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. yeah, and I've had some other guys. Sometimes I find it difficult to, I don't know, draw the line. So like some, you know, the financial domination thing oh, with yeah, money, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I had this guy a few years ago who was very. Uh, he would like throw money at me, and I still have guys who do that, of course. But he was always drinking I don't know what level of drunk he was but then I would always feel kind of iffy about it it's like I don't want you to do something with me which you're gonna regret tomorrow but he would come back a lot of times like I think he was with me for like a month and he spent like thousands and at some point I tried to ask him oh like what's up because he mentioned his job but it didn't really sound like a job that made a lot of money like that Um, and I think that kind of like killed the fetish for him because some guys really literally like to go bankrupt for a girl and sometimes I wish that I was 
I think maybe it's like the ultimate provider kind of thing because you know how men have like this I need to provide right. for women so I think it might be that and sometimes I'm like oh I wish With a sprinkle of humiliation <laughs> yeah exactly and sometimes I feel like I wish I could be more like that but then it's also I I just never because I've been in financial bad spots too I would never want to put someone in that so I'm always I don't know, even like now, if my big tipper guys, if they throw me money at me, they know now because my initial response will always be like, why the fuck did you do that? My initial response was like anger, like, no, I didn't even do anything. I'm just sitting here. Like, we weren't even talking. I'm just like chilling in my balcony and you're randomly throwing $300 at me. Like, why? But then obviously the gratitude comes in as well. And also the fact that they apparently feel like I am worth that. So that means that I have made them feel some type of way. So I'm very happy that I could do that as well you know because i don't think they're not going to give you that if you didn't provide something at least i don't think so so that means that i must have added some value to their life or at least that's what i hope for them to give me or throw like hundreds of dollars at me which reminds me of two specific things one is this was like last year or the year before this was like one of those days where i was just like i was i was fed up everything was shit people were just it was quiet i was just chilling smoking my weed and this guy came in and he was like just being an asshole he was like how much money do i have to tip for you to eat your own shit or something like that and i was like what is wrong with you like sir <laughs> like are you Excuse okay me, yeah but like are you okay are are you like mentally okay <laughs> no. and um, you have trolls obviously i don't get them that often i think because i don't really bite i just don't care enough yeah, generally yeah, yeah, i would yeah. just ask them like are you doing okay and then they leave and this guy kind of he just kept going and going and going at some point I was just talking I was like but why are you doing this though and slowly he started to be like more of a person actually and he was like yeah I was talking to this other girl and I was tipping her and then she just blocked me out of nowhere and I was like oh okay so from that he goes to yeah and I was like so shit. now yeah so now you're here being rude to me and he was like yeah I just wanted to make other people feel bad as well so I was like well damn I mean again I'm sorry you're feeling bad but like that doesn't really justify you being rude to other people and he was like yeah i just wanted to see how people responded and i was like okay so why don't you just go into a girl's room and tip her five dollars hell tip her ten or a hundred dollars and see how she responds like you can still have that initial how do people respond thing but you can actually add something positive to their lives and we had a, a, a actually kind of a pleasant conversation then and Sounds then very therapeutic yeah, but I, I, I like those conversations too. A few days later, I, then I, someone took me for a show and I didn't see that guy again. And then a few days later, uh, someone, a, a name I didn't recognize, he didn't have like any numbers, so he never paid me before. He came in and he zipped me $100. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why? Are you, wh- who are you? Why are you doing this? And I'm assuming it was that same guy that was being really fucking rude like three days earlier because he came in and he stayed long enough to see how I reacted and he stayed for like five minutes said absolutely nothing and then he left and I've never seen him again although I have had people like I I never know is it like the same person is it like a new person randomly because sometimes you just have someone that pops in throws hundred dollars at you and then just leaves and they never say anything and I'm like is it still the same guy I don't know but from that one time I am pretty sure it was the same guy and then I'm like I guess I did something right though like because he was feeling really bad clearly because he was being really really mean to me and then he went from that to being a person to throwing a hundred dollars at me a few days later i feel like 
I don't know. It feels like you're adding something to society yeah. in a way. Sounds how you got him to, to, to that place where he could say, you know, to have that awareness that that girl treated me badly. I wanted to take it out on you. I mean, already you got him to a place of nice awareness to Ex acknowledge exactly, why he's yeah. doing what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. And then my absolute favorite, which wasn't really a fetish thing, but it's still my favorite interaction. This was like 2016, second Christmas day. I wasn't actually supposed to be online that day, but I, I came from a family thing and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna hop online. We'll see what happens. And there was a guy and he was talking kind of weird. So I was like, is he trolling me? Like, what is happening right now? And then he kept asking for things. I was like, okay, take me exclusive. He wanted to do cam to cam. And then he took me private and he did the cam to cam. And I was like, no, take me exclusive. And he didn't seem to want to understand. But then he turned his cam on and I was like, okay, fuck it. Let's see what you look like. And I could tell that he, he, he looks very antsy. And I was like, okay, this is just someone that maybe just doesn't understand. And he uh, was like a guy in his like late 30s or something. And he, he, he seemed like mentally off, but not like crazy, Leah. But he had like a lot of nervous tics. So instantly when I saw him, I felt like this calmness over me. I was like, okay, let me, let me just talk to this guy for a minute. And he had a lot of like nervous tics that I also have with like my OCD and everything so I, he said some things he didn't even ask for anything sexually and I was like you know sometimes when I have like social anxiety or things like that I do this and this do you ever have that as well and he was like oh my god yes I do actually and he felt so seen he said that too he's like I've never met anybody that understands those things and he was like doing all of these typical stims that I also know for myself so I was just talking to him about that and he kept mentioning how happy he was that I noticed him, really. And then after 15 minutes, I was like, mm, I'm not sure if he understands how much money he's spending on me. So I tried to be like, hey, do you understand how much money you're spending on me? And he was like, oh, do I need to spend more? Do I need to tip you more? And I was like, no, 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 I don't want that, actually. I wasn't really sure then. I was like, do I cut off this conversation now because I'm really not sure if he understands? Or, and do I cut it off and then maybe he goes to another girl that abuses the situation, which I've spoken you to many. You to take advantage of him. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I've spoken to many girls that are like, oh yeah, if, even if they're drunk or this or that, I'll just keep it going for as long as I can, just take their money. And I guess I understand that that's a hustle, but I don't want to do that. So I was a little bit between a rock and a hard place. Like, am I going to cut it off? And maybe he will go to someone who will say, yeah, tip me an extra 500. Or am I just going to But why see is it taking advantage goes? if you are, because that's your job and you're clearly doing it well. And if he wants to tip you more, why would you think that? Because that I just be didn't know if he if he was really aware. was aware of how much gotcha. money he was spending because there's not like they have like a time at the set side of their chat where it's like you already spent $200 now you already spent $300 now and at this point he spent like over $300 so I was like okay we'll just just keep it going and I was talking to him and he had like an IT job or something he did live with his parents and his parents mostly managed his money and he mentioned that he had like very severe autism and stuff like that and he was the sweetest sweetest guy at some point he was like can i play you a song and i was like i thought he was gonna play it on like a, a speaker or something but then he grabbed his guitar and he gave me like a little serenade and he was like singing a little bit while he was playing the guitar and i was like oh my god oh, you are sweet. just the cutest thing in the entire world and then he very sweetly asked me to see like one titty he was like can i just see the one <laughs> and i was like baby you can have both <laughs> you can have both of them <laughs> it was just a really 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 nice conversation and we're not allowed to give like our personal information or anything or even like our social media or email address 
but he did ask me for mine so i did give give it to him not my personal name but just like my christina email obviously and i gave him my social media just because i felt like that was the right thing to do. I never heard from him, actually. And he, he told me a lot of really personal stuff and things, again, that he said he was never able to share with someone and the fact that I made him feel seen as he has never felt before, especially from a peer. He told me he'd never kissed a girl because girls always think he's weird oh, wow. and everything like that. You know, how Phoebe and friends says all good deeds are selfish and maybe it is because it made me feel good to be able to do that. And at the end of the, the thing, he said, I have to go soon, but I have to tell you something. He's like, Christina, do you know you save people's lives doing this? And I almost cried at this point. I was like, yeah, I think I am aware. <laughs> and then he was like, no, 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 I'm not talking about me. And I was like, yeah, you say that. But I think there was a reason why I had mm -hmm. to log on today. I think this was like kind of like God orchestrated or something because I wasn't supposed to be here. I wasn't supposed to be online. And maybe if you don't want to look at it as saving, but there's a healing Exactly. To it, for yeah. Sure. It was Christmas, you know how there's a lot of suicides and things happening yeah. during Christmas, and the way he said that, you know, you save lives doing this. I was like, God damn, baby, you're right. right. Yeah. I think for some people it's hard to understand, especially even maybe through the camming thing, because you're not even in the same room as someone, but it can still be such an intimate moment. And I think sometimes maybe for some people it's even more easy to open up and share that intimacy with you because you're not in the same room, because it's a lot more yeah. safe to share like your crazy weird fetish or something if someone is not like actually looking at you. So I think so, for some people that really, really helps. Yeah, it sounds like it's more intimate because with a Zoom or any kind of like a online call, you do have to be making eye contact a lot more than in real life, I feel like, where you can just not look at each other. But yeah, it's interesting what people consider too intimate or too close. Like yeah. I think, yeah. All right, well, thank you, Christina. Thank you. Uh, I had a really fun time sharing yeah. stories. Thank you so Great. much. Yeah. yeah. Okay, love it. I love you like <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast yet again. We've had another lovely week and a lovely guest. A very big thank you to the SVAT, the Sex Work Alliance for Destigmatization Against Sex Work, for making this podcast possible. And we'd love it if you follow us on our socials, on Instagram, as well on Twitter. And if you have any questions or suggestions, or maybe a guest you'd like to suggest, please email us at pennyforyourlovepodcast at gmail.com. So thank you guys and see you next week.